0: Proverbs chapter number one uh, and we'll begin our reading at verse number one. How many of y'all uh, have ever taken time to reflect back over your life and uh, you looked at, you look back over your life and said, you know what? That decision really was not wise. Yep. Yep. You know, I don't know why I made that choice at the time that I made that choice. I was thinking this, whatever, but that was not a wise decision. How many of y'all got some of those in, in, in your back pocket. I think all of us do. amen. And, and so uh, wouldn't it be wonderful, or, and wouldn't it be awesome if, if we were in a position to where uh, we allowed the word of God to direct our pathway, to instruct our, our decision-making? Because we know one thing we know, the Bible promises us, it says that uh, trusting the Lord with all of our heart don't lean to our own understanding. He says, in all of our ways, if we will acknowledge him, what will he do? He will direct our path. And if God is directing our path, how many of you know, child of God, that we will be making some wise choices and wise decisions? Am I right about it? So as we look at this uh, this text here, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. Let's read that right quick, and then we'll jump into the lesson, okay? text says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, uh, David's son, uh, king of Israel. Verse 2 says... Uh, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Verse number three says, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. Verse four says, these proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Uh, Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding, receive guidance. Six says, by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Seven says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and ins- dis- discipline. Now, let's go to the KJV, uh, verse number seven. We're gonna, we're gonna flow with the KJV uh, as we go through this uh, particular uh, uh, proverb here. It says, that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of of knowledge but fools do what despise wisdom and instruction Now, as we continue our study on walking in wisdom three words will be used quite often uh, as we go through this study at least three words are knowledge understanding and wisdom everybody say knowledge understanding and wisdom one more time say knowledge understanding and wisdom Now, we need to distinguish between each of these three terms. Remember, we defined two of these on last week. We said knowledge is the accumulation of facts, right? Knowledge is the accumulation of facts, and wisdom is the application of those facts, amen? Knowledge is the accumulation of facts, but wisdom is the, I'm going to say, correct application of of those facts. Understanding refers to the ability to arrange the facts. We understand what's being said, okay? Okay. We also noted that the Hebrew word chakma, y'all remember that word? Ever said chakma? The Hebrew word chakma, which is translated wisdom, actually has to do with pounding in. Remember we talked about last week on multiplication tables? How did you learn your multiplication tables? You had to keep going over and over again. Constant review is what the students glue. The more you go, the more you pound that in, now you know what eight times eight is, right? It's 64. Can I get a witness? Now you know what nine times seven is. It's what? <laughs> there you go, Jared. It's, but you, but you, you learned that way back in grade school. But because that was pounded in, it was chakma. It was put down inside of you. You could, It just rose off your tongue. And so think about this and imagine if we as a, a people of God were to teach our children the word of God from the time that they're in. Grade school and able to read and comprehend, we start to put this on the inside. Of them. Think about if we as adults were to consistently spend time in God's Word and allow that Word to settle down in our spirit. Imagine how far along we would be, and imagine how wise our choice and our decision making would be. Okay, so that's what we're trying to get to chakma. Everybody say chakma, pound in the end. This type of wisdom is the kind which comes from applying the Word of God to the experiences of life. We have two teachers. One teacher is the word of God and the other teacher is experience. Word of God and what? Experience. We have always heard, and and most of you all grew up, and you probably heard this, that experience is the best teacher. How many of y'all heard that growing up? Experience is the best teacher. But that's not, I don't believe that's totally true. Amen. We can and we do learn from our experiences. Of course we do, but experience is not necessarily the best way to learn, okay? Not necessarily the best way to learn. Instead of learning from what we call the school of hard knocks, let's learn from the school of the Holy Spirit. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, amen? The primary textbook that the Holy Spirit uses is what? The Bible, God's word. And so as we look at here, we, we want to acknowledge God in everything we do, and he will certainly direct our path, okay? So we want to make sure that we, we get that down in our spirit. Experience alone is not enough to teach us wisdom. It's the word of God, which we use in the experiences of life, which actually teaches us wisdom. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that, again, all of us in here can think about times where we did not use wisdom because we we made a decision uh, based off of how we felt. How many of y'all have done that before? How many of y'all have ever made a decision out of your emotion? Emotionally, you were a wreck. You 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 didn't have no business making that decision because you were all fired up. You were all you know all into your feelings, and you didn't really pray about it. You just moved off of your feeling. Your feelings were so strong, you just moved on that, and that wasn't wisdom. And later on, you come back. You came back after thinking about it, and after the decision had been made, you, you go back and say, "You know what? That 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 wasn't really wise." So, as your pastor, guys. Here's what I'm after. We talk about walking in wisdom. I want to position you uh, as a child of God to be able to make wise choices and wise decisions in every aspect of your life, in your finances. Amen. Because remember, we, we went over some proverbs on last week about co-signing. Some of y'all have been burned by loved ones, or, or relatives, or friends who had you to co-sign for them, right? And so uh, and, and some of y'all, the, the relationship has never been the same since then because they didn't pay the thing and it came back on you. But had you had Proverbs down in your spirit, then you would have known that it wasn't wise to 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 co-sign for that person. That That, that was against spiritual wisdom. So what I want to do is, is position every last one of us in here to be able to make choices and decisions that are, that are, that are based on, on the word of God being pounded on the inside of us so that it immediately comes up and it begins to register in our mind and down in our heart. I like what David said. I think it was David said. David I think he said, thy word have I hid where? In my heart that I do what? Might not sin against thee. So word has to get from head down into heart. Because when word is in the heart, it has a way of insulating us from those poor decisions and poor choices. Are y'all with me today? So let's get back here. So let's talk about this wisdom and instruction as we look at Proverbs uh, 1. The first thing, uh, if if you go back to Proverbs 1 and 1, probably says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of king of David, king of Israel. Verse number two. Let's go. It says what? To know wisdom and instruction. We're going to stop there to know wisdom and instruction. This word translated instruction is actually the Hebrew word for discipline. Everybody say discipline. There is a discipline that accompanies learning which y'all agree. There is a discipline that accompanies learning. See it's, it's a discipline to turn off the TV and open up your Bible. It takes discipline doesn't it? It takes discipline To shut down that cell phone, to put that iPad away, to shut down the computer and get off of social media, get off of of, of Facebook, get off of Instagram, get off of Pinterest, get off of uh, uh, whatever else is out there uh, and and get into the word of God. It takes discipline. Can I get a witness? It takes discipline to roll out of that bed 30 minutes earlier or, or an hour earlier to spend some time in prayer and meditation because you've been accustomed to getting up. Rushing to get ready and then about to run over everybody to get to your place of employment before you get fired. Is that anybody in the house? When it would be so much easier when we if we were disciplined our flesh to get up, spend time with God, and have plenty of time to get ready so that we can drive safely to our places of employment. Wouldn't that be right? Wouldn't that be the right thing to do? Come on, come on, all of you all of you folks who go to work on two wheels, you know, leaning around the corner. Wouldn't it be great? But it takes what? Discipline. It takes discipline because we've been accustomed to doing things a certain way. And it takes discipline to get us out of those habits. The Discipline to read and study the word of God when there are a hundred other things you'd rather be doing. I'm going to tell you something. The devil always sees to it that there is something else to do. You can always have something else to do. So God is looking for us to place him in a place of priority. I, you, you guys will hear me utilize this word quite often. Uh, God wants a preeminent place. That word is preeminent. Is just a fancy pl- word for first place and first authority. Everybody say first place and first authority. That means that before I do anything, I'm going to check with the one who's in first place and who has first authority in my life. I'm going to check with him before I make that choice and that decision. I'm going to run it by the word. I'm going to run it by his, his the, 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 the book that he gave me and you to govern our lives by. Are y'all with me today? That's what going back, trusting the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to y'all understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will do what? He will direct your path. But he won't do that if you won't acknowledge him, which y'all agree. We have to acknowledge him first. All right. So we look at this to know wisdom and instruction. So the second part it says in verse number two, it says to perceive the words of understanding, to perceive the words of understanding, the wisdom of God does not come through natural intellect. I got to say that because there are a lot of Christians who think they're just smart enough to understand God. Oh, I have a degree from here. Oh, I'm a very studious person, but 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 God's wisdom don't come from your intellect. You can have as many degrees you want to have, and nothing wrong with having degrees. Thank God for it; and it opens some doors of opportunity that may not otherwise be open for you. But having a degree doesn't make you wise. I know a lot of educated fools. Do y'all know any? Huh? And you you wonder what kind of school they go to? Guys, listen. Wisdom. Amen. Does not come from the natural intellect. Let's go to 1 uh, Corinthians, the second chapter, right quick. And this is one that's very familiar to all of us uh, if you've been in church, particularly in this church, for any p- period of time. Okay? First, 1 um, uh, Corinthians, chapter number 2, uh, verse number 11. Let's go to verse number 11. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2, verse number 11. Are you there with me? Now, let's look at this right quick. Read it out loud and no purpose. It says, what? For what man knoweth what? The things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is what? Which is in him. Watch that, watch that again. Let's read again. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save or accept the spirit of man, which is what? Which is in him. The NLT says no one can know a person's thoughts Accept that person's own spirit. I'll tell y'all this on numerous occasions. I don't really know what you're thinking right now. Y'all looking at me, but I don't know what you're really thinking. Some of, y'all, maybe some of y'all seem to be thinking, man, gosh, I really didn't want to come out here tonight. It was raining, but you know what? I felt obligated because this is my church. My pastor's been telling me that it's important for me to get the midweek service. I'm here, but you know what? I hope we don't go any longer than what his allotted time is. <laughs> Somebody's thinking that. Somebody's thinking, well, you know, I got to do this when I get home. I got to wash some clothes. I got uh, uh, the baby didn't finish his homework. I got to do that. I got to. Uh, you know, I just, I just hope that he'd be generous with us tonight. So all this may be going. Somebody's hungry. Somebody's sitting there hungry right now, trying to plot out what they're going to eat when they leave here. Is that you? Come on, I felt that in my spirit. That, so nobody really knows what's going on inside of you except your spirit. Correct. You can look like you're paying attention. You can look like you dial in. You'll even say amen. You'll even do like some people do when they sleeping. you know, they nod their head like this, and they pretend like they just, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever did it before? Close your eyes, make like you're in deep meditation while the preacher's preaching, and you have sleep. Anybody ever been there before? Say, forgive me, Lord. So so this this, this text says uh no one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Watch this. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So in other words, it takes the spirit of God to know the deep treasures of God, to know the wisdom of God. So without his spirit guiding me and teaching me, then I won't know and you won't know what God's will is. Are y'all tracking with me today? Watch this. Verse number 12. Let's go. It says what? Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The thing, God wants us to know the things that are free, he freely gives us. Child of God, I don't know where we get this mindset that God is trying to hide from us. He wants us to know his will. But his will and his word and the treasures of his word is like hidden treasures, like gold. You got to dig for it. You can't expect God's word and his revelation knowledge to come when you only give him cursory time. You know what cursory time is? Well, just, you know, okay, I, 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 I'll open the Bible for five minutes. So if pastor asks me, I'll say I read. But it was five minutes. And it was on your way out the door. God is looking for people who are willing to search for him to dig for it like hidden treasure, okay? So let's keep, keep reading. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. I'm going to read that from the NLT right quick. It says, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. Using the Spirit's word to explain spiritual truth. Verse number 14, let's go. But the natural man, watch this, the natural man, the natural man is referring to the unsaved man. The carnal man, whenever you see that in scripture, that's referring to a person who's made a decision for Christ, but they have not grown in their faith. Like the, like the, 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 the church at Corinth, Paul said, you guys are carnal, you all are spiritual babies. You, you you have spiritual gifts flowing in your church. People are prophesying. Word of wisdom coming forth. You're laying hands on the sick and the sick recovering. But you guys aren't growing spiritually. How do we know that? Because there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of envy, jealousy, and strife in the church at Corinth. And Paul said, you guys are spiritual babies. You're carnal-minded. A carnal-minded Christian will only be able to understand certain things because they haven't grown in their faith. All right? So you have a natural man, which is an unregenerate. They haven't... They, if a person is not born again, quit arguing with them about the things of God. They can't ever understand it. You're trying to explain God to somebody who don't know God. And how many of y'all have been guilty of that, trying to minister to your family and share with them, and you trying to explain the things of God to them? They, they, they've never made a decision for Christ. A natural man can't understand it. He says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, guys, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. So quit wasting your breath trying to explain the Bible to somebody who's unregenerate. They're not going to understand it because it's spiritually discerned. And if you're carnal minded, it, it, they may be born again, but carnal, and they're still not going to understand. It's the spiritual man, the man who's pursuing God, the man who's allowing God's word to have the permanent place in his heart and his mind, that's the person who's going to be able to understand the things of God, okay? So save yourself a lot of heartache and pain and frustration trying to explain the Bible to somebody who's not born again or somebody who's not growing spiritually. They won't understand it, okay? They don't understand why you're out here on a rainy night. They don't understand why you support the work of ministry through tithes, offering, and sacrificial giving. They don't understand that, okay? So so, so that's okay. We, we know that they don't understand that. But we're going to know. And we're going to go, so we we want to be spirit minded. So because they are spiritually discerned, how they discern, they are understood spiritually. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Uh, The things of God are not conceived uh, conceived intellectually, they are perceived spiritually. Which part of your your being do you perceive with? That's the question you got to ask ask yourself. What part of my being, because all of us are spirit, soul, and body. We are a physical being. Who possess a soul, our our intellects, our thoughts, our our feelings, our emotions, and we have a spirit. The spirit of man is what's reborn. When he says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new." It's talking about our spirit, man. So we have a spirit, man, that's 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 new. Where the, the Bible says. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is where God's spirit abides on the inside of us. But we still live in this body, this fleshy body, which can get off, off base sometimes. We still live in this, uh, this soulless realm where sometimes our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and that type of thing gets out of whack. So we got to make sure that we allow our spirit man to be what we perceive, amen, life's choices through that prism of the spirit man, Okay. The discipline of putting the Word of God into your heart causes you and I to become so sensitive that we can we can be around people and sense what manner of spirit they are. If you look at what Luke nine and fifty five says you you can you can get so close to God to where he'll allow you to be able to discern what kind of person that you're dealing with when you talk and, and that man that, that can go a long ways especially when you get ready to do a business decision a transaction. Or especially if you're getting ready to get into a relationship with somebody, you need to be able to discern whether or not this is a booger bear or not. How many ladies out there can attest to the fact that there have been times you missed it? You thought he was something else. You thought he was this, but he was that. Am I right about it? How many of you brothers have missed it before? You thought she was this, but she ended up being that. And that, which he was, wasn't what you wanted. Anybody in the house? Okay. So so wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if we were to position ourselves where we could discern to see what type of spirit we're dealing with when we enter into a relationship with people? Because we all, all of us are going to enter into several types of relationship during our lifetime. Okay. So let's talk about receiving instruction right quick. Okay. Y'all still with me? So the next uh, back to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 1, verse 3, the A part says, to receive the instruction of wisdom. To receive the instruction of wisdom. We'll go back to Proverbs 1, verse the, the A part of verse number 3. To receive the instruction of wisdom. Understanding that the word instruction means discipline, okay? Y'all remember that? Instruction means discipline. Verse 3 tells us what discipline is good for it's to receive. To receive the discipline of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. That's what it's good for. Discipline gives us wisdom, guys. Okay? Here we have a different Hebrew word for wisdom. It's instead of chakma, we're dealing with sakal, S-A-K-A-L, meaning intelligence or good sense. Good sense is something that has to be disciplined into a child, right? Because how many of y'all know your children will make some some, some foolish choices and decisions? Proverbs 22 to 15 says what? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction should drive it what? Far from them. It's bound in their hearts, guys. They're born with it, okay? So it's important for us to instruct them and to teach them the ability to make wise choices is not something that a person is just born with, nor is it something he just looks into. This kind of wisdom is not a natural gift. It is a, an acquired habit that comes through instruction, amen, especially as parents. We got to teach our kids, amen, to make wise choices and wise decisions. Are you all with me tonight? Because, again, uh, it, it's critically important for us to know that because uh, you, can't, you can't rely on what's happening at school, or in the neighborhood, and allow those things to instruct your child. You better spend some time with them while they're young. Bend that reed while it's young. Don't try to wait till they get 17, 18 and teach them. Well, we're going to have to talk about sex. Hey, 17, baby, it's too late. I'm telling you right now, it's too late. You better start having that talk about sexuality and what that means, amen, early. Everybody say early teaching them, don't let anybody violate your body. Don't let anybody touch you here, understanding that you are a boy. Son, you are a boy. You have a penis. That's a male's organ. Don't let anybody come tell you you can self-identify however you feel. No, it ain't how you feel. It's what you are. You know, it's, it, it boggles my mind, this stuff that's going on, this gender identity stuff. In other words, you just feel like you're a woman? Come on, now you ain't no woman. You just feel like you're a man? Come on, you ain't no man. I was I was at a place, a, a business the other day, and, and it, it's amazing to this, me. This, this, like, I think she was a sister manager, whatever, but this lady, you know, she had a chest all wrapped up. y'all ever seen that? Have, have a chest wrapped up. Don't y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Clearly, she's a woman, but she, she don't want to breast, so she wrap it up. They they get that stuff and wrap it up to press their chest in, so they can be like, "You're not a man." Here's here's my argument, and, and again, my argument is simplistic it, on, on its very root. Even if I didn't argue it from a spiritual standpoint, I would argue it from a biological standpoint. I don't think any medical doctor worth his salt would tell you that a man's uh, 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 a male sex organ was designed to, to, to penetrate another male's anus. Is that, is that clear enough for y'all? No medical doctor would tell you, biologically speaking, a woman's uh, uh, vagina was designed to mess together with another woman's vagina. Biologically, that's not what it was made for. I'm not even arguing it spiritually, I'm arguing it biologically. So I don't care how you feel, if you got this, you ain't that. Okay, let me, let me, ease. Somebody's gonna hear this and gonna want to write in. But I'm just telling you, from a biological standpoint, no medical doctor will tell you that, that 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 male was designed to interface with another man sexually. He if he does it, he's disingenuous. So you got to accept the question. I right, when I have a feeling, just because I got a feeling doesn't mean I have to act on that feeling. If the feeling is wrong, then I don't act on it. I'm sure there's some, some, some married guys who felt like that woman was fine and, and, and when on a day that they was weak and went in their right mind, they probably thought, well, you know, man, I wonder what it would be like. That's a feeling. But you don't act on your feelings because you will be in a whole lot of trouble if you act on your feelings. Okay, can we keep moving? All right, I got off track now. I want y'all to forget everything I just said, okay? <laughs> y'all wipe out your mind. let's move forward okay so so let's go justice about to receive the instruction of wisdom then we got justice the word translated justice here actually refers to the treating of other people as your equals don't ever get to a point in your walk with the Lord where you feel like you're superior than somebody else just because you're born again and you got a little Bible knowledge we're not better than anybody okay uh, and, and so, so, so you know, as human beings, we're, we're on equal footing. All of us were born in sin and shaped the iniquity, okay? So justice, it, it, it refers to the treating of other people as your equals, okay? Always do that, child of God. And then we talk about judgment. This has to do with judging things correctly. The Bible says that we are never to judge people. Go to Romans 2, 1 through 3. However, we are to judge things, Watch this. I can't judge and say that uh, you're going to heaven or hell because that's because the truth be told, what if it's a, think about this for a second. If I made a decision in determination whether or not you're going to heaven or hell based off of what you did last week, Who's to say that you were not a born-again believer who had a lapse in judgment, who did something you shouldn't have done, you acted like you were not saved, but you really are saved, and if I saw you acting like you are unsaved, and I make a judgment and tell me that you're going to hell because of that act, then there's a whole lot of us in here probably will be on the way to hell. Because probably since you've been born again, you've made a choice and decision that was not uh, uh, indicative of who you are. Right? I mean, in other words, you made a choice that was, that was not God, that was sinful. Hold oh, on, look at me like that. All right, so had somebody caught you while you were in that sinful act, would you be on the way to hell? And some people's mind, yes, but no. So you can't, we're not, we're not, we can judge the act that was wrong. But we can't judge whether or not you really born again or not because you fell into sin. You find That ain't our point. That's not my job. That's God's job. God knows your heart. God knows if you're faking it or not. He knows if you're really serious about him. I don't know because you, know, you, know, you know, generally speaking, what we do will end up uh, uh, manifesting itself and what's on the inside will manifest itself on the outside. But as a general rule of thumb, it, it ain't our job to, to put somebody in hell or heaven. You let God handle that. But when we're dealing with fellow Christians, we do have a responsibility to identify things that are wrong. Watch what the text says here. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and you should and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others to do, do these very same things. Doing the very same thing that you judge these other people on. Okay, watch watch what the text says in verse 2 and 3. Let's read. And we know that God in his his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Did y'all see that? You're doing the same thing and judging them. Then how do you think you're going to escape God's judgment? But let's go... Real quickly, if you will, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 15. Paul even said this. Paul said that, you know, it's, it's really it's not my job to, to deal with those sinners, those folks outside the church, judging them what, what all they're doing wrong. He says, really, you know, my responsibility is to take care of what's happening in the church. And so within the church, we ought to be declaring what's right and what's wrong. Not sending somebody to hell or sending them to heaven. Because sometimes somebody, somebody you think may be going to heaven, they harder aim right. They just do some good stuff. Good stuff don't get you to heaven, baby. Watch this. It says those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Okay? Are y'all with me on that? Uh, it, it's, it, it's important that we realize that, that God, God, gave us a responsibility as a church to to make sure that we keep each other close and to be able to help identify when one or the other is off track. So we are not to judge whether or not somebody's going to heaven or hell, but we are to judge sin in the life of the believers. Not those out there in the world. It ain't our job to be concerned about those in the world, but it is our job, as Paul said, to be concerned about those in the church. We are our brother's keepers, okay? Y'all with me? All right. So so judgment, make sure you understand that you can love a person and still hate what he does. How many of y'all got children that you love them to death, but you hate some of the stuff that they involved and they're done. You got to raise your hand, but I, I know I'm telling the truth. You love your child, but you're like, man, I hope, I hope my child get off of stupid. He been on stuck on stupid for a long time. I hope he gets off of that. I still love him, but what he's doing is not right. You can love a person and still hate what he does. Jesus did that. He loved sinners and despised sin. He loved the disciples, but he rebuked them for their wrong attitudes and action. Don't ever sit there and see wrong and don't say anything about the wrong that you see. It's about, it ain't none of my business. It is. You're your brother's keeper. Y'all are in relationship together. Y'all sit in the same Sunday school class, come to the same Bible study, and when that person who's, who says they're born again gets off track, we ought to go and try to retrieve and help that person get back on track. Amen. So it's not wrong to correct the person for what he does wrong as long as you still love him while you're doing it. You got me? So we are, we, we do have a responsibility to, to help each other grow in our faith walk. All right. So everybody understand judgment. We deal with the act, but we're not, we're not here trying to say you're going to hell. Or you're going to heaven. That, that ain't our role. But it is our role to p- point out sin in the church. Everybody say in the church. Say, say in the church. Quit worrying about them guys under the shade tree who don't have a relationship with the Lord. All you want to do is go to them and talk to them about receiving Christ. We, we spend too much time trying to worry about the world and God says deal with the church. If the church gets right, then the church can influence the world. All right? Keep moving. Equity. D part of verse number three. Equity means evenness, fairness, impartiality. There is a discipline to equity. In other words, treat your children equal status. Treat other brothers and sisters the, the same way. In other words, don't, don't, don't show partiality. God is not a respected person, and we should not be a respected persons. Everybody with me? Let's go to talk about wisdom for all. Verse number four of this, of this first chapter. We're talking about God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. All right, the first part of that verse 4 says to give subtlety to the simple. Now, watch this. To give subtlety to the simple, to the, to the young man knowledge and discretion. Watch this. Some say that they are, that, that some, some people may say they are too ignorant or too uneducated to understand the Word of God. The word translated simple actually means stupid. I didn't make that up. That's what it meant. It meant stupid. Did you know the Bible even instructs stupid people? He inst- the Bible instructs all, and you and I wouldn't know what we know except the Holy Spirit gave us wisdom and understanding. That's the only reason why we know what we know. Because I mean, none of us in here are that smart where, where, where we, we know the things of God because of our intellect. So no matter where you come from, no matter what your education level, I believe this. If you will submit yourself to God and his Holy Spirit, then he will reveal to you the things of God. You don't have to have a doctorate degree in, in in philosophy or a doctorate in ministry to understand the Bible. As a matter of fact, guys, let, let me tell you something. When you look at Jesus' disciples, guess what the people were saying? Man, with what wisdom do these guys speak? None of them been to school. He pulled these guys off of fishing boats. Carpenters doing all kinds of other trades. They hadn't been in seminary. Now, nothing wrong with seminary, guys. And go and get what you can. But what I'm telling you is, when you look at Jesus and who he called... It wasn't the, those who were in the religious hierarchy. He chose common guys. And those common guys have not spread the gospel message such that you and I in the year 2020 are saved here today because of them spreading the gospel message. So all it takes is a willing servant. Somebody who says, God, I'm willing to be obedient. I'm willing to submit my will to your will. And he can give you wisdom and understanding from the scripture. Y'all with me today? Now, of ourselves, none of us are capable enough to truly understand the deep things of God. They are revealed to us by how? By his spirit. We we look at that earlier. Look at Matthew 11 and 25. Pop it up right quick. His spirit reveals it to us. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation knowledge. So don't think that you're all smart. It's the spirit that gives us wisdom. He said, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to whom? Look at what Jesus prayed. Watch this again. He says, oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to those who are what? Childlike, those who are who just humble and simple, just want to know what God wants them to know. That's what God does. He, he's looking for people who are humble enough to say, I don't know God, teach me. Pop up Isaiah 35 and eight right quick. Let's look at that real quickly. Glory to God. Isaiah 35 and verse number eight. Let's see if we can go there right quick. Glory to God. You know, God, God loves us and he wants us to know. He says, and a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it it will, it will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Fools ain't going to get there, okay? Are y'all with me today? So let's keep moving. So it says, back to Proverbs 1, verse 4, to be part. To the young man, knowledge and, and discretion. What's discretion? Discretion is, is, is the wisdom that keeps a person from future trouble. It is important that children learn early in life to be discreet, to be wise. Amen? Why? Because when, when when so many, you know, our youngsters get to be teenagers, a lot of our kids are gullible. Especially when they grew up in church, they hadn't seen a lot of things. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, young ladies turn 16 and 17, and all of a sudden, uh, Roshan come and turn her out, because you ain't talked to her about sex. You ain't talked to her about keeping herself. You ain't talked to her about relationship. And now this guy come here who's slick and got all the right words, charged words, Catch her at school, and because we don't spend that time pouring into our children, or uh, maybe it's a young man that comes along, you know, we, we got to make sure that we do what we're required to do as parents and as spiritual leaders in the church. Are y'all with me today? Because our children are, you know, the enemy is after our children. I want you to know that. He's after our children. Guys, let me tell you something. There are a lot of our, your kids, and those, especially those 25 and young, under 30 and under, that stuff I just said about. Uh, you know uh, God's uh, uh, plan for for marriage and not for a man to marry a man. A lot of them they, they don't even register with them. They, they think it's okay. They they just they mean like what's the big deal? Somewhere along the line we dropped the ball, and we allowed the culture to infiltrate the church, or even beyond that, we were not teaching our children how to respond to certain things. But we got to get back. We got to put we got to put that in, on the inside of them because when they grow up, the enemy is after them. There's a real world out there run by a real devil who's out to kill, steal, and to destroy our children. And unless children are trained and prepared for what they will encounter in the future, their chances of survival are, are, are severely diminished. In other words, being being a child of God who's living a, a vibrant, full life, we got to make sure that we keep keep them. Uh, where, where they need to be, amen. I teach, everybody say teaching. A wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain under wise counsel, verse five tells us. Then there's the opposite excuse. I mean, that, 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 that's that, that person, uh, that, you know, the person who's, who's educated and enlightened, he don't think he need any more wisdom. You got one person over here who so think, well, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough. I didn't finish school enough, and so I, I'm not going to understand the Bible. But God said, listen, it doesn't matter where you are. If you submit yourself to my will and you, and you humble yourself, I can teach you by way of the Holy Spirit. But you got this other cat over here who think they know everything, got the degrees on the wall, and they, they think they don't need any more wisdom. And that's, that person is the one that God hides his wisdom from, y'all. We just read it a while ago. Y'all with me today? So no one ever gets to the place where he knows it all. Even if you're already wise, the word of God will make you wiser. Don't ever think you know it all. I've heard that before. Well, listen to it again because here's what I've discovered in my life uh, since I've been born again. There are times when I read a passage of scripture faith that I've read for 20 years. And all of a sudden, in that 21st year, God will bring new revelation out of that same scripture that I've been reading all this time. He does it quite often. Do you like that? So, So don't ever come to the word of God thinking, well, I've heard that before. I know that. God will give you some new revelation out of that very same passage of Scripture, okay? So let's look, look at the, the last part of this, applying wisdom, okay? Proverbs 9, go to Proverbs 9, verse 7 through 9. Y'all still tracking with me today? Talking about man's wisdom versus God's wisdom. Now, Proverbs 9, verse 7 through 9, this this passage tells us who we can reprove and who we are not to reprove. Another word for reprove is to reprimand, Okay? There's one person we should never reprove or reprimand. That's a scorner. So what, you say, Pastor, what's a scorner? A scorner is one who, who, who mocks the things of God and, and, ex- and he sh- expresses negative opinions of wisdom in, 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 in order to involve others in their, in, their, in their own little shenanigans. In other words, this, this person here uh, just makes fun of the things of God, makes fun of you for coming to church, uh, just talks about the things of God, dogs church people out. Amen. But but fools may think foolish thoughts but scorners go a step further and they blurt it out publicly. There are people who will dog the church out and it's happening all across this land and country. There are people who quote are intellectuals who think it's foolish for the church to be doing what it's doing. They are scorners. They look at it with, with contempt. But I want to tell you something. They may look at it with contempt right now but when that day of judgment comes baby. I'm here to tell you, all that contempt is going to go away because, uh, you know, uh, there was a song that he sang uh, in, in the old church, run, send a run, find your hiding place. You ain't going to be able to find it, baby, because when judgment day comes, all this foolishness is going to be thrown out the window because God is going to stand tall. Jesus Christ is going to sit on his throne and we're going to have a good time. Can I get a witness? All right. So so uh, so again, let's look at this again. Go, go look at Proverbs nine, verse number seven says what? He that reproveth a scorner, get it to himself what? Shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man, get it himself a block. Let's, let's, let's walk through that real quickly. How are we supposed to handle a scorner? Well, really, you know, if you deal with a scorner, it's kind of like a, 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 food. The Bible says, uh, when you deal with a fool, whether you laugh or whether you rage, you ain't going to have no peace. You ever discovered that? Yeah. So th- th- there are going to be people who, when you try to share with them, they're going to frustrate you. Our job, especially with these scorners, those who, who who come against the church publicly and dogging out, is just to love them. Because all of your arguments, all of your breaking up the Bible, they don't know what the Bible is. They, they, they don't even think it's God's word. So you sharing God's word with them ain't going to change them. You just love them. There are some people, even your family guys. Stop quoting scripture to them. and Just love them. Just live a life before them. You ain't gonna be able to preach them into salvation. Let the love of God on the inside of you, Amen, exude out, and they see that love of God and that agape love is intoxicating. Can I get a witness? How many y'all have had to? Have, how many y'all have got frustrated talking with family members before? It can frustrate you, can it? So your job is just to love those who are scorners. Okay. Love them. Give us gonna love, and he won't. He won't know what to do with it. The most confusing thing in the world for a sinner is love. They can't understand it. They don't understand why you are loving them. I mean, trust me. The Bible. One pastor said it's like heaping hot coals upon their head. So just love them. Quit arguing with them. Hello. I'm trying to give you some wise advice because you 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 sit up there got a headache sweating and, and all oh, can't sleep. No, don't, don't do that. Just love them. Amen. Scorners love them. When someone attacks you verbally, don't get even. Just, just decide that you're going to get ahead. You're going to just, you're going to just pray for them. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to win your adversary to the Lord, uh, by just blessing them and loving on them. Pray for those who despitefully, that's the Bible says. Okay. So, so when a, with a scorner, we're going to love them, right? We're not going to argue with them. We're not gonna sit there and have you know, a, a long, deep discussion. We're gonna just love them. Okay? How should we handle the wicked man? Look what the text says here. And he that rebuketh a wicked man get it himself a block. A, the word block there is, a, is an, a, an accounting term, okay? In other words, it's like you, you, you get a, a, a zero on your account when you start trying to uh, handle a wicked man the wrong way. The wicked man is not just a sinner, this is the person who is caught up. Full steam ahead in evil, just involved in some wicked stuff. This person is totally and consciously sold out to the devil. Proverbs says, "You get a blot on your record." A blot is an accounting term. It refers to God's scorecard. So when you deal with this this, this, this wicked person, as Christian, we, we, we're not to we, we're not sent into this world to rebuke sinners. I told you that earlier. That's not our job. When somebody is, is, is in sin, you just love them. And, and 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 when they give you an opportunity to talk with them, you share with them. But but again, it's not our job to go tell them put that beer can down, stop that drinking. That ain't the problem. The problem is they don't know Jesus. And so many times we try to deal with the symptom, but that's not the real problem. You love them, show the love of Christ, and when you get an opportunity. God will give you an opportunity, I believe, to share with them. Then you show the love of Christ and share what God has done for you in your life. Quit trying to get them to stop doing stuff and start introducing Jesus to them. Does that make sense? So we, a lot of us have spent time trying to get them to stop doing stuff. That ain't the problem. The problem is they don't know Jesus. If they get to know Jesus and start growing their faith, they'll stop doing some of that stuff. Amen? Okay. Let's, let's, we're going to wrap this thing up right quick. Okay, so we look at this right quick. So that, that, that wicked man, we're going to show him love just like we did the scorner and we're not going to spend our time rebuking them for what they're doing. We're going to spend our time trying to show the love of Christ to them. And when they give us a chance to talk to them, we'll talk to them. How should you, how should, how should you handle a wise man? Look at the eighth verse. Here we see the one person we can reprove. all you know, We don't reprove the scorner. We don't try to reprimand the scorner. We don't reprimand the wicked man. But the wise man we do reprimand. Look at what he says. Reprove not a scorner, What I tell you, reprove means. What does reprove mean? To reprimand. What does reprimand mean? Correct. Correct them, right? Correct not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he'll do what? He'll love you. He'll love you. Here we see the one person we can reprove, the wise. And by the way, he'll love you for it. People who are wise will love you when you, when you uh, do love, when you lovingly correct them when they're wrong. Give instruction to a wise man. and He will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. OK, it's the wise man who will receive the reproof. OK, the wiser people are, the more they appreciate being corrected. Why? Because they know that the more they learn, the wiser and happier they'll become. So wise, if you are wise as a Christian, if someone comes and try to help you by correcting something that you're involved in, don't get defensive. Come on. They're trying to help you grow. And the, and the problem that happens to a lot of us is we're so prideful that we, th- we don't think anybody can tell us that we're off course. Guys, listen to me. Wise, a wise person learns how to receive instruction. Amen. So uh, verse number seven, we're going to close out. Okay. Talking about man's with God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. The beginning of knowledge. Look at Proverbs 1 and 7. It says what? The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. But fools do what? So next time you see a church member who don't want to hear anything you got to say, say, oh, you're a fool. Just ask them because fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. When someone tries to correct you, again, don't get mad. Or don't try to retaliate. Take time to listen. If he's wrong, all you've done is lost a few minutes of your time, right? But if he's right, you have learned something. You're now even smarter than you were before. You've learned something and now it can help you make a course correction in your life. So be willing to listen when someone comes to you and begin to share with you, okay? That's what wise people do. Good managers do that. They listen to the people who work upon them because they, they're close to the front line. And so they'll listen. They may not necessarily uh, receive everything, but wise managers listen to those folks who are working for them. So they they're going to know stuff that that he doesn't know. Okay, so let's 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 guys, let's make a concerted effort in the year 2020 to become wise in everything that we do. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.